Hello everybody, it is Michael back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I appreciate you guys for on the show a ton. It was an awesome 2020. Been doing the podcast for about five months now and honestly, I really didn't have a clue what to expect going into this, but the support has just been phenomenal. 50k views uh, combined over 200 uh, 70 subscribers on the channels over a thousand downloads like it really does mean a lot to see all the hard work I've put in because I've put in so many hours into this podcast and now we're on the 44th episode we're about to hit the 50th episode soon like it is really really important to me to see the growth of this show uh, and I just appreciate everybody who's listened everybody who's downloaded uh, so so much so thank you all Hopefully 2021 is going to be a massive uh, year. I have a ton of stuff planned, a lot of big things that I want to do with this. I think we're really going to expand and make this a massive year. So yeah, thank you guys all for an awesome 2020. I hope uh, your guys' 2021 is great. Hope everybody's healthy, doing well. Hope everybody enjoyed the holidays. And yeah, let's get into the episode. First thing I want to talk about is John Morant's injury. John Morant unfortunately suffered a pretty bad injury uh, against the Brooklyn Nets where he has a grade two left ankle sprain and will now be out three to five weeks. So obviously this is super unfortunate considering John Morant looked like he was about to have a ridiculous ridiculous season for the Memphis Grizzlies he was playing some just phenomenal basketball for them looked like he was gonna have a breakout season where he was gonna be an all-star after winning rookie of the year and already having such a good rookie season he just looked way way better and it was really fun to watch him he was one of the guys that if you've watched the show he was on my radar a lot and I talked about him a lot going into the second season so him being out for probably around a month is definitely a really really sad thing to see obviously hoping for a speedy recovery uh, recovery from him never want to see injuries especially when it's an emerging young guy like him and then also considering that Jaron Jackson Jr. is already going to be out for a lot of time in the season and he's their other young guy like the Grizzlies have been dealing with a lot of injuries uh, in this season, uh, I saw something where like they had to use two tweets to say all the injuries that they have, which just shows how bad uh, they're dealing with injuries right now. And it's definitely an unfortunate thing to their season because this jaw injury, especially like I didn't expect them to make the playoffs this year due to Jaron being out and due to the injuries that they are already dealing with. But now that uh, Jaw's going to be injured for probably around a month. This kills any chance of them being a playoff team and maybe even being a play-in team. But looking on the positive side for this team, because quietly, even though, again, it's super unfortunate what happened to Jaw and he was going to have an, an amazing season, this could quietly be a good thing for the Grizzlies and be something that could help out their future. They obviously have a very good young core already with their two solidified cornerstones in John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. And then you got other nice pieces to the core, a guy like Dylan Brooks, a guy like Desmond Bain who they just drafted, guys who they took flyers on, a guy like Killian Tilly. Uh, they have a lot of nice pieces on this roster, 
but they are still lacking some things that I think could have held them back. And that's mostly, for me, the wing position. The wing position is something that I was worried about the most coming into this season. As you have guys like Dylan Brooks, but he's more of a 2-3 type of player, and I think you needed someone who could be that solidified 3. Because I think the lineup where your main guys are Jot the 1, Dylan Brooks at the 2, Jaron Jackson at the 3, and then Jonas Valanciunas at the 5. It's a very good lineup. But you were very clearly missing that three for the now and for the future. You have a guy like Justice Winslow, who I do like quite a lot. But he's dealt with so many injuries that I can't trust on him to be reliable at all. And then you have guys like Kyle Anderson as well, who I just don't think is honestly like that good of a player. I'd much rather have him be just a bench player and a rotation guy. But in a draft where there is a ton of talent in this 2021 NBA draft, the Grizzlies could very well be a pretty bad team this year. And though that may not look good on the surface, it could be something that helps them out in the future. If you could get a guy or even just have the opportunity to get a guy like a Jalen Green, a Jonathan Kaminga, a Jalen Johnson type of player, I think would fit perfectly on this roster. There is a lot of really, really good 3 and D wings that can also do some other things as well in this draft that I think could allow this team to really, really be special going into the future. You got guys like Scotty Barnes as well, Corey uh Kisper, there's a lot of guys who I think have a ton of potential. Uh, Zaire Williams, there's so many guys on this wing uh, in the 2020, 2021 NBA draft that I think could be very, very useful for this roster. So even though on the surface it's bad, and it's obviously bad individually for John Morant, and it's going to be bad uh, for their record. They're also going to have a pick from the Utah Jazz, which is like top seven protected. The Jazz are obviously aren't going to have a top seven pick. So you're continuing to add to the young core, and I think they're probably going to get a pretty high pick in this draft, especially if they could have some lottery luck. You're going to have the opportunity to make this young core be easily one of the best young cores in the league. And even if it hurts your record for now, you could be a terrifying team going into the future and be a true dynasty who has depth, and then has the top-tier talent of your cornerstone players. So it may look bad right now, but I think this could be a blessing in disguise for the Memphis Grizzlies and set them up absolutely beautifully. Because if you think of a young core that includes John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, uh, even guys, Justice Winslow, who's still pretty young, even though he's been in the league for a while now, there's a lot of really talented players on this roster. Xavier Tillman, who they drafted this year, I like quite a lot to be a backup center. They have so many young pieces, but you're very clearly missing that wing to put alongside Jaron and Ja. So if you can get, I think, I like again, like I said, Jalen Johnson, I think is the perfect player to put alongside them. Definitely needs to improve his uh, shooting a little bit, but he is a beast on the defensive side of the ball, and it just looks like a perfect fit for this roster. So, yeah, I think this team has a ton of potential going forward, and I think this John Morant injury could be a blessing in disguise for this roster. Get them another really, really nice young talent to put alongside these guys and make them easily one of the best teams of the 2020s. 
Uh, yeah, really looking forward to the uh, future of the Memphis Grizzlies. Sad that they're not going to be that good of a team this season, but this could be a blessing in disguise and make them one of the most terrifying teams for a long, long time going into the future. Next, I want to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers and how they've been performing at this point in the season. They have looked excellent so far. They picked up a win last night against the Orlando Magic and are now currently 4-1 and one on the season. I just love absolutely everything I've seen uh, from this roster so far. They've been one of the best defensive teams in the entire NBA, which I think we all expected because you have guys like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. You're automatically going to be one of the top defenses just based off that. It, you could put literally anyone alongside them, and you're going to be one of the best defenses, which just shows how good those guys are on the defensive side of the ball. You got a guy like Matisse Thibel off the bench, who is already a lockdown wing defender as a rookie. Uh, a backup center in Dwight Howard, who is an awesome defender, really good rebounder as well. You got Danny Green, who as much as he gets made fun of and, and as inconsistent as a shooter he is, he is a very good defender at the end of the day. And that can hide guys like Seth Curry, who's not too good of a defender and even Tobias Harris he's not a bad defender by any means but he's just pretty average on that side of the ball so Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are both looking like defensive uh, player of the year candidates already Ben Simmons has been absolutely everywhere so far and is looking to improve on an already ridiculous defensive season last year like he was incredible on that side of the ball last year and has looked even better which is just crazy now what I like to see Ben Simmons be a little bit more aggressive on the offensive side of the ball and assert himself more absolutely do not get me wrong with that like him averaging 13.2 points so far this season is just unacceptable he's got to be more aggressive and he's got to assert himself more into this offense for sure, don't get me wrong, but he's still playing his phenomenal defense. He's getting really involved on the glass, averaging 9.4 rebounds a game, which lets him push the pace, which is where he thrives at, in the open court. And then he has shooters who can trail and get past him, and then he can throw outlet passes to guys like Seth Curry. You have a guy who can run the floor like Dwight Howard who can throw lobs to. And, I mean, he, we all know how good of a playmaker he is. And he, for him being the 6'10", uh, 6'11", player that he is, his handle is one of the best we've ever seen at a guy his height. So uh, even though I would like to see him be more aggressive, he's still doing the things that, that he does well, very, very well, been incredible on the defensive side of the ball, and then rebounding and playmaking. Joel Embiid has looked like an MVP candidate so far this season. I've always wanted Joel Embiid to just be a little bit more at points, especially last season. Last season, he disappointed me a ton. O only averaged about 23 points per game, uh, shot it pretty efficiently but not as efficiently as in previous seasons and after his 2018-2019 season where he was just incredible I mean the dude averaged 27 and a half points he was getting to the free throw line 10 times a game he was just amazing that season 13.6 rebounds that was a career year for him I was expecting huge things out of Joel and he was disappointing last year but also I can't completely just blame him on that because he was put in a very bad situation put next to Al Horford who on his own is a good basketball player but at the four where he's clogging up the space for Joel Embiid it just completely didn't fit at all but now that he's got shooters around him he's being allowed to completely 
dominate inside, and that's what he's doing. I just want to see him keep the aggression up because that's some that's something Joel Embiid can sometimes lack is where he'll have a street. A stretch of games like this where he's averaging 26 and a half points getting to the line 10 times and he just looks like one of the best players in the entire NBA but then he uh, is bad shape that he sometimes then does uh, catch up to him which has been consistently an issue for him so that's something I absolutely need to hold him to that standard of is being in good shape for the entire season because even when he was playing some good basketball against the uh, Celtics when they didn't really have a center to guard him he would have an awesome first half he would put up like 25 points in the first half and then do nothing in the second half due to his conditioning so I still need to see him be conditioned for an entire season but if he's playing at this level not only is he going to be an MVP candidate the 76ers are going to be dangerous in the Eastern Conference so absolutely love what I've seen from Joel Embiid so far I just hope he keeps it up I hope he keeps dominating because it's been fun to watch him so far and he's been playing incredible and then Tobias Harris after a rough uh, game where he just didn't play very good in one of his games he's been aggressive and he's been hooping for this team uh, I love what I've seen from Tobias Harris he had a had his game where he shot 3 of 13 against Washington, only scored 10 points, but ever since then, he's been playing very, very well. The thing I li I've liked most about Tobias Harris is his aggressiveness. He has asserted himself in this offense, which is something he sometimes struggles to do. He, a lot of the times, he can be too passive, and he can just be there for the 76ers, where he's just a catch-and-shoot guy. And even though he can do the catch-and-shoot stuff, that's not where he thrives. He thrives when he is getting catch-and-shoot opportunities, but he's also getting opportunities to work in the mid-range. He'll do a one-dribble pull-up. Like That's the Tobias Harris that I think is most effective. That's the Tobias Harris we saw on the Clippers with Doc Rivers as his coach. And now that Doc Rivers is his coach again, he's getting the most out of Tobias Harris. He's been incredibly aggressive. Like That game against Toronto, he took 20 shots. And that's what I like to see from Tobias Harris. He had 26 points in that one. He was so great in that one. So if he can continue to keep the aggression up, get to his spots in the mid-range area, and then still thrive as a catch-and-shoot guy, feeding off guys like Ben Simmons, I think even though Tobias Harris is never going to live up to the contract he was paid, uh, if he can continue to do that, he's going to fit the role of being the third guy for the Sixers, and that's going to fit him perfectly. And then Seth Curry, we all knew the spacing he was going to bring to this roster, and it's worked out very, very well so far. He's averaging a little over 15 points per game, is shooting the ball just amazingly. I mean, this is what Seth Curry does. He's Ever since he's came into the league, he's been one of the best shooters and is statistically one of the best shooters of all time. He's shooting 5.43s a game so far, and he's shooting 52%. He's just been so phenomenal as a guy who can also run those handoffs with Joel Embiid, which is which I always have loved when uh, they have a guy, like when they had J.J. Redick, and they could run the handoffs with Joel Embiid with a shooter. That play is deadly, and it and they're allowed to do that again with Seth Curry as a guy who can handle the ball a little bit more than J.J. Redick could. And though he may not understand how to use the screen and use the handoff as good as J.J. Redick, because J.J. Redick completely mastered that with Joel Embiid, and that was one of the most deadly plays in the entire league. Seth Curry can still do that very effectively, and then still be an off-ball guy who uh, can have catch-and-shoot opportunities and then be another creator for them. I feel like St 
Seth Curry's ability as a creator is honestly a little bit underrated. Like, he can handle the ball pretty solidly and then create his own shot off the dribble. So I like that a lot. Like the role Shake Milton's been playing off the bench for this team as a guy who just goes in there to get buckets. I mean, he's averaging 11 points uh, so far on the season. He's just been aggressive off the bench. Uh, and there's another guy who can create his own shot a little bit love uh, the Tyrese Maxey pick and even though he's not playing big minutes and he's only averaging 4.8 points per game I think uh, now and especially in the future he can be special for this roster he's just a guy who is super aggressive as a scorer off the bench and I think he can be a big spark and he's already been that at points especially in the preseason uh, in their preseason game against the Celtics as a Celtics fan who was definitely very closely watching that game Tyrese Maxey stood out the most uh, for me in that game and he was just phenomenal in that uh, in that so I just love what I've seen from the 76ers they've been one of the best defensive teams in the league and are a team that's improved offensively as well and they are now four and one playing some of the best basketball out of anybody in the entire league so really like what I've seen I hope they can keep it up and they're going to be a threat in the Eastern Conference if they do playing some of the best basketball out of anybody so far now I want to talk about the Toronto Raptors, a team that did end up getting their first win of the season last year, but previous to that had been really, really struggling so far. They're now only 1-3 on the season, uh, and their only win is against the Knicks team, who, though they were actually playing pretty solid before, they shot horrendously that game. The Knicks had one of the worst shooting nights I've ever seen. It was really, really rough. Uh, and I don't expect them to play a team that plays that poorly again. But previous to that, the Raptors had been struggling quite a lot. And it, it comes down a lot of the times to Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam is their star player. He's their guy who has the max contract. I have always been a guy who's been pretty critical of Pascal, especially last season, because I feel like a lot of people were just putting him in areas he didn't belong in. He was never in the conversation or better than, which some people thought of being better than uh, Jason Tatum and Ben Simmons. And now people have realized that, that he's not even better than a guy like Jalen Brown. So he's been struggling quite a lot this season. He's averaging 18.7 points, which isn't terrible. But I mean, at your first option, you definitely expect more. But if you look at the percentages, 39% uh, from the field is pretty bad. And then 33% from three isn't terrible, but definitely something he could be better at. It's averaging 4.7 assists, which I do like to see. But that is also coming with 3.7 turnovers. Has improved as a playmaker, so got to give him some credit for that. But it seems like people have just really figured out Pascal Siakam's game. Uh, that spin move, which has been his go-to move, and has been like a huge meme in the NBA community, is that it, that is that it's its only move. It really is. Like he's a person whose ball handling is just pretty underwhelming and is pretty unimpressive. So I just don't think he can be a number one option. I think that's continuing to get exposed. Uh, this season is that a lot of people are figuring out his game and I think as someone who thrives in transition we saw that role when the Raptors won their championship where he was mostly a guy who was killing it in transition brought a ton of energy was playing good defense was doing all like the little things that's where Pascal Siakam is at his best in as a half court player especially he is not that good of an offensive player and that's why this offense has been struggling so much it's also has seemed like a lot of a confidence thing with Pascal Siakam. He seems very in his own head and he seems aware 
how much he's been struggling that people have been talking about how much he's been struggling so i'm definitely worried about pascal he actually didn't even play last game due to uh disciplinary reasons he fouled out and then he left the game early against the 76ers uh so nick nurse had him not play that game which i don't think anything like that will happen again uh no matter what you think about pascal as a as a player he does seem like a really good kid and that just seemed like an out of character thing for him to do but yeah he's been off to a struggling uh start this season i think that is a big reason why they're struggling uh is because they don't have that go-to guy on the offensive side of the ball and their offense has been terrible especially in the fourth quarter their offense has consistently let them down when defense is tightening up and everybody is going out there to try and win and playing as hard as possible. Their offense just hasn't been able to do much. And I also do think a big reason uh, for that is the loss of their big men. A guy like Marcus Gasol, they don't have that playmaking at that center position that, uh, that they did last year. Even if I, I was a guy who thought Marcus Gasol had definitely taken a pretty significant step back, Marcus Gasol would always be a threat from outside and would always be a guy who is a super high IQ player who can playmake with the best of them at the center position. And then uh, Serge Ibaka was a phenomenal pick-and-pop player for them who shot the three ball really, really well. And him and Kyle Lowry had this awesome chemistry, and they were playing great together. And Kyle Lowry's been really good this season so far. He's just one of the most consistent players uh, in the entire NBA. I mean, I don't know when he's going to start uh, regressing because he is a guy who's played pretty pretty heavy minutes in his like career, but it, it doesn't seem like this is the season as he's averaging 19.5 points, good efficiency, shooting the three ball just amazingly on eight attempts per game, and as being that playmaker that he's been these past couple years, he's one of the better playmakers in the league, and I think that's something he's pretty underrated in. But if you're looking at the direction of the Raptors and how they started the season at least – it may be time to move on from a guy like Kyle Lowry. And I think that's shown in their draft. Even though they haven't given this guy opportunity, which I think he definitely deserves, he's someone I think they need to play, and that is Malachi Flynn. Malachi Flynn is a very, very good player, and is a player that I think can lead to winning basketball right now, even though he is a rookie player. He's someone who is experienced, was a four-year college player, works amazing in the pick and roll, super high High IQ is a super smart player, can shoot the ball well, really good playmaker. Actually reminds me of a guy like Fred Van Vliet. And I think if they could work off each other, that could help him a lot. Because Fred definitely has been struggling to start the season after they gave him that big contract. Uh, and I think it's because in the minutes without Kyle Lowry, he's being relied on a lot more to be a creep. Uh, be a main creator and a main facilitator and I think that just doesn't really work super well with Fred like he can do it well enough uh, but I think he thrives the best when he has another ball handled alongside him and they can just work off each other go back and forth and when he has another playmaker alongside him where they can both share the wealth I think that's where he's deadly so I think a guy like Malachi Flynn has to start getting involved in the rotation uh, so he can be alongside a guy like Fred Van Vliet and help him like when they put Yuta Wannabe in before uh, in before Malachi Flynn I was just so so confused I know he's been in the league for some years now but uh, Malachi Flynn is someone who I think can be playing some good basketball right now for them, and I think he could help a lot of their offensive woes. But some of these things are just genuinely a part of their team not being constructed super well to be like this crazy team. 
Uh, OG Ananobi, super good player. OG Ananobi is one of the best role players in the league. He's one of the best 3 and D guys. But he's never going to be a guy who I expect to be a big-time scorer. Like, he's just an efficient three-point shooter who gets out of the way and then plays awesome defense. He's a, an amazing wing defender. But he... I don't think he's ever going to take this super big leap that I feel like some Raptors fans have been expecting out of him. He's a guy who just doesn't handle the ball well enough to be a top-tier offensive player. And, I mean, we see that even in a bigger offensive role where he's playing much more minutes. He's playing almost 36 minutes a game, only averaging 10.8 points. Three-point shot is really struggling as he's been asked to take more, and he is shooting only 25% on them this season. So... I just don't expect OG Ananobi to be a big offensive player. And like I said, the loss of those big men are really hurting. Like, as much as I like Aaron Baines, at the end of the day, he's someone you want as a backup. And I think he thrives as a backup. He is someone who can shoot the ball, who sets really good hard screens, is just one of those players who brings a lot of nice physicality to the game. But when he's your starting center, I think you have to be worried about that. And then when you have when you have to rely on Alex Len to be a backup, that's also very worrying. We saw when they played uh, the 76ers, those guys were getting dogged by Joel Embiid. It was rough to watch. So, yeah, I'm definitely worried about the Raptors. They've been struggling with their performance so far. I still think they could turn things around. I think they're going to be a solid enough team because they just have such a good culture. Nick Nurse is such an elite coach, and they still have good players on this roster. But I definitely think they have to change some things around. I think they have to be worried about Pascal being their number one option because I just don't think he's good enough for that. Uh, and I, even though it worked last season, I think that was a lot because of a hot start. Like, he started off really, really hot. And even though the bubble was where it ex- got exposed really bad and where he played some of the worst basketball I see, I saw him play in a long, long time, people didn't realize he was still slowing down quite significantly towards the end of the season last year. And guys were stepping up, don't get me wrong. A guy like Norman Powell for them was awesome last season he averaged like 17 points he had a month where he was averaging like 25 points so that that was hiding what Pascal was doing but if those guys aren't stepping up if a guy like Norman Powell is being streaky and really struggling like he has so far this season I mean the dude is averaging he's averaging 8.8 points per game he's been pretty bad so far this season average uh, only shooting 30% from the field and 30% from three. He's not that 16-point-per-game scorer last season. He's looking a lot more like his 2019 self where he wasn't that involved and he just wasn't that good for this team. So I'm definitely worried a lot about the Toronto Raptors, uh, and they've been underperforming quite a lot, but I didn't have that high of expectations for them uh, in the first place to be honest but even then they're underperforming my uh, pretty low expectations I'm worried about them and interested to see how they try and bounce back this season because they got to start racking up wins there's teams that are overperforming their expectations a team like the Hawks has been playing awesome to begin the season so you you just got to start playing better and I'm interested to see how Pascal can be I'm interested to see if Malachi Flynn will finally get some more action. But, yeah, they've been struggling to start the season. It was good for them to pick up their first win against the Knicks. But those other three games, they were very, very unimpressive. And I'm worried about this roster. Now I want to talk about my favorite team, the Boston Celtics, as I really haven't talked about them much at all to begin this season, as they were a team that really didn't like outperform my expectations but also weren't super disappointing. But there are some guys on this roster that have been really standing out to me, and I feel the need to talk to them. First of all, 
Jalen Brown has arrived. He was awesome last season, was someone who I think definitely deserved to be a near all-star guy, averaged over 20 points, was just super efficient all year, 48% from the field, 38% from three. He was uh, doing everything that Celtics fans wanted him to do, improved so much, is someone who I feel like was really, really deserving of way more recognition and most improved. It was weird to me how neither of the guys in Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum got most improved recognition because it's not like it was either of their second year because that's something that usually takes away from a lot of players winning it. It was uh, Tatum's third year and then Jalen's fourth and they both improved a ton so it was weird to me that they did, really didn't get much recognition but it looks like Jalen Brown has even taken another step. He's averaging 28 points per game so far this season and was ridiculous ridiculous in their game against the Memphis Grizzlies oh my goodness 42 points in three quarters he was incredible I he's at I mean he's averaging 44 percent from three 56 percent from the field he's getting to the line 6.2 times per game definitely needs to improve as a shooter from the line and that's something that has kind of always plagued him and is something I definitely want to see him improve in we're also seeing his playmaking get better as well he's averaging 3.4 assists which is a career high by a by a pretty significant amount he's continuing to take steps on the defensive side of the ball where he's always kind of lacked uh, the defensive awareness off ball has always been an incredible on ball defender, but uh, that's more due to his uh, athletic traits is not due to his defensive IQ, but he's improving in that every single year. And the thing that really just stood out to me in that Grizzlies game, especially was his improvement in his shot making ability. He's becoming someone who can really just go get his own shot, which is something I kind of always criticized Jalen about. And is something I always wanted to see him take the next step in. And he definitely did last year, like his, his handle, which was by far his biggest weakness in my opinion he was honestly one of the worst ball handlers in the league for someone who was picked so high uh, he improved that a ton last season and it has gotten even more sharp he's really uh, beating guys with his handle and he has become an elite mid-range shooter now he's become one of the best mid-range shooters in the NBA and that was on full display in that Grizzlies game if you were watching him he was just getting it to his spots with ease and then rising over people it was it was a true show to watch from Jalen Brown and he's closed the gap between him and Tatum quite a lot now I think the people who are saying uh, Jalen is better than Tatum are absolutely ridiculous they're overreacting uh, and they're yeah they're just being prisoners of the moment right now but Jalen Brown has always been the more consistent player on this team like even when Tatum was averaging more points and was having like his crazy February that helped his average a ton Jalen was always that guy who was just super consistent and I could always rely on him to get us 15 to 20 points even if he wouldn't like have a crazy night but if he can start doing these nights where he has 40 points has 30 points he could be uh, very close to being with Tatum as the best player on this roster. And that's that's not a knock on Tatum at all. Tatum is awesome. One of my favorite players in the league. Probably just second behind Luka Doncic. Like, I love Jason Tatum so much. And I think he's phenomenal. I think people are somewhat underrating him. But this is way more a compliment to Jalen Brown and the improvement that he's had. He's very, very clearly worked so hard. And I'm just loving all the results I'm seeing from Jalen Brown. He's looking to break out the season 
definitely is going to be an all-star. And he's making Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown look like one of the best duos in the NBA. I'm so happy with Jalen Brown's performance so far. He's been absolutely hooping. I just hope he can keep it up. He doesn't need to average 28 points a game because, I mean, if he did that, he'd be the best player on this roster. But if he can average an efficient 23 and a half, 24 points, get like three assists, play good defense, get to the line, and then get to his spots, be a closer alongside Tatum, which is something I definitely would like to see him take a step in, as it seems like a lot of the times at the end of the game, it's just get Tatum the ball and get out of the way. I'd like to see Jalen get more involved at the end of games, but other than that, he's been absolutely hooping, and I love to I love everything I've uh, seen so far from him. He's just been awesome. And now another guy I want to talk about, Peyton Pritchard. If you know me, uh, I was a big guy who talked a ton about the draft. It was something I was just completely enamored with, and I focused a ton on it last year. And he was someone I criticized quite a lot with the Celtics picking him in the first round at number 26. And that was less to do with him and more to do with the guys that the Celtics could have picked. There was a guy that I was in love with, Tyrell Terry, still available. Another guy I was in love with, Desmond Bayton, still available. And I have to just be completely honest when I'm wrong. Payton Pritchard has outperformed my expectations and has come in and been such a pro so far in his early career, and I have to give him all the credit in the world. Now, you'll look and be like, he's averaging 8.2 points per game. It goes way beyond that. With the absence of Kemba Walker, he's taken a big step up in responsibility. If Kemba was here, he probably wouldn't be getting that many minutes, but without him, he's taking full advantage of his opportunity and proving why when Kemba comes back, he should be the Celtics' backup point guard. It should not be Jeff Teague. It should be Peyton Pritchard because he, he is someone who can really shoot the ball, which is something I knew out of college. He was a phenomenal shooter at Oregon who could shoot from everywhere on the court. He can hit uh, really deep threes, is a great catch-and-shoot guy, but can also create his own shot off the dribble he's someone who definitely has a super just fiery aspect to him like even though he's undersized and he can be beat a lot of times uh, on the defensive side of the ball due to that size he is a super competitive guy and will just never he never gives up he makes the most of every minute he has and I love Payne Pritchard he's truly becoming one of my favorite players on that roster and I got to give all the credit to the world in the uh, in the world to him and I got to admit that I was completely wrong about him. He's been awesome so far for uh, the Celtics this year, and I got to give that man a ton of praise. He's been absolutely balling. Uh, another guy who I want to give praise to is Robert Williams. I definitely like what I've seen so far from Robert Williams. Uh, he's been performing pretty well. Has definitely improved in the IQ area, which was the big, biggest issue with Robert Williams. Uh, us Celtics fans, we always knew the potential in Robert Williams. He's always been a guy whose athleticism is ridiculous. He can be an, an amazing lob target. He's an awesome shot blocker. But he always had issues with fouling way too much, uh, biting for pump fakes and stuff like that. And do not get me wrong at all. He still does that too often. He still fouls too much. He still bites at pump fakes too much. But he's cut it down, and he's improving quite a lot. He's been one of the most efficient offensive players in the entire league. I mean, he's averaging 88% from the field. He's completely thriving getting lobs. 
which is what he does best. He's just playing his role perfectly, and that's what these type of players need to do. And this isn't even just talking about the Celtics. This is just in the league in general. If you're a role player, you just all you need to do is just be an all-star in your role. You don't need to go outside of your role and do something that you're not good at. Like Robert Williams doesn't need to start trying to be this playmaker, be this ball handler. If he can continue to catch lobs, protect the rim and get rebounds. He's going to be a valuable player for this team. He's getting extra possessions by getting uh, rebounds on the offensive glass. He's averaging two and a half offensive rebounds per game. I just love everything I've seen from him so far. He's definitely taking a step IQ wise and uh, just maturity wise. So I'd like to see what I've seen so uh, far from Robert Williams and he's being an all-star in his role. And I love to see that the Celtics are three and two now. They should have a free game against the Detroit Pistons, who are zero and four. I'd be really frustrated if we do lose, like uh, lose either of those games against them. But it looks like they can start to get some momentum rolling, which was a little bit worrying. They did have a pretty challenging schedule at the beginning of the year, but they're going to have some pretty easy games coming up. And if they can get more young guys involved, if someone like Nesmith can see the floor more, if someone like Payton can even see the floor more than he already has, I'd like to see that. And I'd like to see the Jays just continue to play good basketball and then all our role players around them just playing smart and playing well. So like what I've seen from my Celtics so far this season, some players have been really standing out uh, for me and yeah it's been fun to watch them this year and I hope they can get a win streak right here now that they have some pretty easy competition next I want to talk about Luka Doncic now if you know me Luka Doncic is easily my favorite player in the league I speak very very highly of him on a regular basis like while I'm recording this podcast I have a Luka Doncic hoodie on this man is one of my favorite players in the league but as someone who whose job it is to be unbiased, I have to be honest. Luka Doncic has been struggling early on in the season. Now, do I expect these struggles to uh, continue on? Absolutely not. But so far, he's averaged 23.8 points, 5.8 rebounds, and 6.3 assists. Not nearly the numbers you'd expect out of someone like Luka, who in the previous season averaged 28.8 points, 9.4 rebounds, and 8.8 assists. That is definitely hurt by his previous game against the Hornets, where he was very, very bad. That was easily one of the worst games I've seen him play, uh, but he's also has been underwhelming in uh, other games, uh, not just that game. He's shooting only 9.5% from the free from the three-point line, which is just absolutely unacceptable, unacceptable from him. He has to be better. No, do I think it's all his fault? No, it's a similar situation to last year where they don't have a secondary ball handler, and that really does hurt him, especially now that Kristaps is injured, and he should be back soon, which is an amazing sign for them. But with Kristaps injured, all, all the attention is on Luka Doncic, and it's definitely causing him to struggle quite a lot because he has to create most of his three-point shots. He doesn't get many catch-and-shoot shots, which is where guys thrive. That's why we've seen Steph Curry be the greatest shooter of all time is because he's a master off ball and gets so many easy opportunities because of how how well he's able to run off ball and then just get open catch and shoots Luca doesn't do that yet uh 
and I think they need a secondary ball handler, and I think that would unlock him quite a lot. But it also is just a slump from him. He's shooting atrociously. He's airballing. He's seeming to struggle with his confidence as well. It's just a lot of struggles and a lot of things that I am uh, worried about just early on in the season. He definitely does look like he could uh, use to lose some weight, which is something he's just struggled with basically every season. He always seems to come in a little bit overweight, and I would like to see uh, his maturity step up, and he's a super young guy. He's only 21 years old, like, uh, he has so much room to grow, and I think it's something he'll definitely start doing in the coming years. But I'd just like to see him be in better shape coming into the season and just be ready to dominate right away, especially with the circumstances that the Mavericks are in this season with Chris Stapp's injury. I would have loved to see him just be in really good shape and be ready to dominate. But that's not what what's happening. He's been off to a really, really slow start. In that uh, Hornets game, he shot 4 for 10, missed all five of his threes, and only scored 12 points. He was really, really struggling in that one. He also struggled in their game against Minnesota, where he shot 6 of 18. Like He, he wasn't that good in the preseason, and then he's been off to a bit of a rough start in the regular season uh, as well. That, pre- that game against Minnesota was in the preseason. Yeah, he definitely struggled in that one. He wasn't great in the Phoenix game. Like, he did put up good numbers in that one, 32 points, 6 rebounds, and 8 assists. But there was just, um, I mean, 8 eight rebounds and 5 assists. But it just wasn't a, a typical Luka Doncic game. He hit his only two threes in the Lakers game. And other than that, he's been really struggling with his three-point shot. And he simply has to be better, uh, especially if this Mavericks team is as good as I, I think they can be. I have gone on multiple uh, times saying that I thought the Mavericks were the second best team in the Western Conference. And I always knew that was a bold prediction. I always knew there was teams that uh, very could have easily been better than them. Uh, I need to see better from Luka Doncic. I need to see better from my favorite player. Uh, I think Chris Stapp's being back will uh, be a world of help for this roster and be a world of help for him. Just getting a uh, more attention off him and him hopefully generating some easier buckets but Lucas got to be better he's got to be in better shape uh, could definitely use losing some weight and he's got to get out of this slump uh, before the Mavericks get behind the eight ball in the very very tough Western Conference now I want to talk about my biggest surprises of the 2020 NBA season so far first starting off with the Indiana Pacers the Indiana Pacers have just been playing some phenomenal basketball at this point in the season currently are four and one they do have a big loss with TJ Warren being injured for the foreseeable future but they still I think will be a very good team and this is just biggest surprises so far so yeah they've been playing excellent so far DeMontis Sabonis is really proving his value I've I feel like a people a lot of people underrate uh, Sabonis and underrate how good of that that series could have been between them and the Miami Heat last season. If Sabonis was healthy, that would have been such a fun series between those two. But due to him not being healthy, it was a sweep. It was a pretty easy series for the Heat. And that's where you see the impact of a guy like Demonte Sabonis. This man is a stud, is one of the best finishers in the entire league. He's just so strong and finishes through contact so well, has phenomenal touch around the back. 
basket, has an amazing post game, is one of the best playmaking bigs in the league as well, has been averaging just a crazy amount of assists to begin the season. And then guys like Victor Oladipo, even though he did have one rough game, other than that, he's been performing very, very well, getting to his spots in the mid-range area and hitting those quite frequently, playing good defense, and just doing all the things that you'd expect out of Victor Oladipo. He looked back to not his MIP self, because his MIP self, he was just an absolute monster, but he looked back to himself uh, the season before he got injured, where he wasn't this like ridiculous player, but he was still an uh, all-star caliber player and is still very, very valuable. And then Malcolm Brogdon has been off to a hot start this season. He's been playing phenomenal, has been playmaking very, very well, shooting the three ball pretty well, handling the ball. You have guys stepping up off the bench like Doug McDermott. Miles My- Turner has been blocking shots like crazy. Love everything I've seen from the Pacers, and they've definitely been one of the biggest surprises. Another surprise, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, they did lose a game, and they're only 3-2 and two now, but they've been hooping so far. And one of the biggest reasons because of that is one of my uh, biggest surprises, and that is Darius Garland. Darius Garland has been balling so far this season. And now, did I expect big things out of Darius? Absolutely. He's a player who I felt deserved patience, and a lot of people weren't giving him that. Uh, but the thing I'm most surprised by is his playmaking. His playmaking has taken such a clear step. And that was the thing I was most worried about with the backcourt of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland was is was the playmaking ever going to be good enough for those guys to be uh, a really good backcourt? And I mean, if Darius Garland can continue to do what he's doing, which is averaging like seven assists per game and then doing what I expected out of him on the offensive side, side of the ball as far as scoring wise which is shooting the three ball really well it looks like he's definitely improved his uh, improved his floater game improved his mid-range like he's just improved all around and I think a lot of people uh, gave up on him way too early you have to consider this guy only played like four college games he was basically coming straight out of high school into the NBA which at the point guard position which is the hardest position to transition to that's a crazy crazy hard thing for him to transition to so love what I've seen from him averaging 19 and 7 at this point and then the Cavs are playing some good basketball Colin Sexton has been awesome at this point in the season a guy like Larry Nance has been playing well honestly everything's gone pretty well for them so far and a big reason because of that is they Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, that backcourt has been awesome so far. My next surprise is the Atlanta Hawks. Now, they haven't faced the toughest competition by any means, and that's why I'm not getting too ahead of myself. I'm not going to act like they're this crazy team because it's early in the season, and you just never know how things are going to change. Their defense has been pretty bad, which is what you would expect. But even with having significant injuries, they've been out here winning basketball games, and a big reason because of that is their star, Trey Young. Trey Young has played phenomenally so far this season, has mastered getting to the free throw line and while it may be annoying as all hell to watch him do the stuff that like James Harden does where you're catching defenders and you're doing just a ton of annoying stuff like one play that really stood out to me is where he gets around the screen he gets to the defender behind him and he just like goes back into the defender and shoots it those type of things are annoying as hell to watch and all basketball fans hate it but god damn it is it effective to see him uh, doing that and he's getting to the free throw line at a crazy rate shooting the three ball well enough and then he's doing his uh, thing as far as playmaking John Collins has been pretty good as that second 
guy, and they just have so much depth and so many guys who are, are just good basketball players at the end of the day. They have way more secondary playmaking, which has helped Trey Young a ton. A guy like Bogdan Bogdanovich has been huge for them. Kevin Herter has been really good off the bench, and they've been the best offense in the league so far. I mean, they're averaging 128.8 points per game so far. They've been absolutely electric on the offensive side of the ball, been one of the most fun teams, and definitely been one of the biggest surprises so far. Next team that's been a big surprise is the Sacramento Kings. They're a team that, honestly, I had very low expectations out of them uh, this season. They did lose a pretty close game uh, to the to the Rockets where uh, I really didn't like how they closed out that game. I didn't like the last shot that they took uh, with De'Aaron Fox taking the three. But they've been playing some pretty good basketball so far. De'Aaron Fox has been awesome so far. He's shooting the three ball better than you would expect. Did struggle in that Rockets game, but other than that, has been shooting it pretty well. That Rockets game definitely hurt his percentage a ton, but he was shooting well before that. And then he's playmaking very well. Uh, just doing everything you'd expect out of De'Aaron Fox. Having a similar season to last season, but that isn't a bad thing by any means. He was awesome last season, so as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's going to have another great season. And then Tyrese Halliburton has played incredible for them so far he was one of the players out of this class that I was most confident in just being a good player even even though I knew he didn't have the highest ceiling and I never thought he was going to be some just stud superstar player I always thought he was just going to be solid as hell and that's what he's been at this point in the season is averaging 10 and a half points five assists the jump shot even though it's very very awkward like it's such a weird jump shot it works at the end of the day and he's hitting his uh, threes very very well he's been performing super well so far in this season and they're just running at this super high pace which just works so so good for them it's something that they went away from last year and i think that's the biggest reason why they failed last year it's because they weren't running at the high pace anymore and even with some guys struggling to hit their shots like marvin bagley he's a super talented offensive player he's been struggling to hit his shots buddy heel who's one of the best shooters been struggling to hit his shots they're still finding ways to win basketball games and look like a genuinely solid team again so i love what i've seen out of the kings and i think they could be solid this year and then my uh, last surprise as far as team-wise is the Orlando Magic. Now, do I think it's just a hot start? Unfortunately, yes. Uh, this team has done this for multiple years where they always start off hot and then disappoint. And especially with the loss of Jonathan Isaac, I just can't be too high on this team this year. But I obviously have to admit that they've been playing some very good basketball so far. Nikola Vucevic has been consistent as ever, I mean. Uh, he's just been so good for these past couple seasons as someone who can shoot the three ball really well is an awesome post player great rebounder good pretty good playmaker as well like he's just been so amazing for them for basically these past three years now and i expect that to keep up for sure that's one of the things that i think is the least fluke like because at the end of the day nikola vucevic is just a good basketball player and he's continuing to prove that uh uh evan fournier evan fournier has been playing pretty solid so far uh, it's only averaged 14.8 points, uh, but is shooting the ball pretty well. And he's just a nice scorer who uh, I think is really good for them to have on this roster. Markel Fultz has been hooping so far, which I absolutely love to see. If you know me, I'm a big Markel Fultz guy. I think I'm probably way higher on him than most people. Like, even though I don't expect him to ever live up to the expectations of being a number one pick, I think that's unfair to expect out of him at this point. You just have to expect him to be a good player. I think Markel Fultz can easily be an all-star player at some point in his career and has he slowed down a little bit from the start of the season where he was averaging like 18 20 points yeah for sure but 
I think this is what we should expect out of Markel. For him to be like a 16 and a half uh, point score, average like five and a half assists, and then be a really good defender as well at the point guard position. Love everything I've seen from him. Uh, still isn't shooting the three ball really at all and isn't shooting well on it, but he's getting to his spots in the mid range, which is where he thrives. And he's using that uh, great athleticism that he has. Uh, to attack the basket. He's got a really nice handle. Love everything I've seen from him so far. Cole Anthony, though he's struggled with his shot, I do like the role he plays as just an an electric scorer off the bench. Terrence Ross is off to a hot start. And this is one of the reasons that I expect him to slow down as a guy like Terrence Ross playing so well. Because Terrence Ross is literally just one of the most streaky players in all of the NBA. Like, he can have nights where he's just a ridiculous scorer uh, and he's shooting the three ball like crazy, and then he'll have another where he's just bricking. He's like in that like J.R. Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr. type of mold, and he's a good player, don't get me wrong. He averaged 14.7 points, but definitely don't expect this to be his breakout season where he averages over 20. But they have been playing pretty well so far, and they've definitely been a massive surprise. I don't think anyone could have expected them to start 4-1, uh, especially considering that they beat teams that a lot of people thought were going to be better than them. A team like the Wizards, who uh, has been a huge disappointment, is a team that I definitely thought was going to be better, but hope they beat them twice. So I've definitely been impressed by the Orlando Magic so far. Now getting into some individual players that I've been very impressed by. Uh, and surprised by first starting off with my boy Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics. Now, did I expect Jalen to have an awesome season? Absolutely. With uh, Kemba Walker being out for a good amount of time this season, I expected Jalen to take the step and be the second uh, all-star for the Celtics this year. But I will say, I could have never expected 28 points. I never could have expected his handle to look as good as it has and him to get to his spot so well, him to get to the, that mid-range area and just uh, lift over people. He's been just absolutely killing it so far, so got to give a ton of credit to him. He's been balling, and it's made me super happy to see. I uh, absolutely love to see him playing like this, and he's uh, making – uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum looking like one of the best duos, and he's a big reason because of that. He's closing that gap between those two, which is something that I didn't really expect for him to close the gap this much, but he has been awesome so far. Next player I want to talk about is Terry Rozier. He's another player who I expect to slow down, but he's been hooping so far. I mean, the dude is averaging 24.5 points, and this isn't something where he's just playing on this terrible team where he's taking all the shots like the Hornets have been a solid team, and he's been shooting it really efficiently. He's only taken 17.3 shots. He's shooting over 50%, which is something he's kind of always struggled with is his efficiency. Uh, last year definitely improved on it, but this year looks like he's improved on it even more. He's shooting the three ball phenomenally, shooting 9.3 per game and shooting over 40%, which is something he did last year, shoot over 40%, but he's improving the attempts, which is definitely nice to see. And he's just been awesome to start the season so far, is uh, proving why he LaMelo should be a backup for now. And a big reason uh, why is because of how damn good he's been playing. Next player I want to talk about is Julius Randle. He's been a massive surprise so far for the New York Knicks. He's looking like Pelicans Julius Randle again. Julius Randle was a huge disappointment last season. He averaged 19.5 points, which was like isn't terrible by any means, but he was just a, a non-factor as far as impact last year. But he's been awesome to start the season for a Knicks team that even though they looked terrible against the Raptors and shot the ball so poorly, they, they just played awful that game. 
He's played for a Knicks team who hasn't looked terrible to start the season so far. He's averaging 23 points. He's shooting the ball very, very efficiently, which I definitely expect to slow down. I mean, the dude has been a pretty uh, poor uh, shooter throughout his career so far, so I don't expect him to just randomly be a 52.9% shooter, but I do like to see him uh, taking a limited amount of threes and then hitting them at a good rate. Then he's getting to the free throw line well, 6.8 times per game. He's playmaking very, very well at seven assists per game. Now he's is averaging 4.6 turnovers, which is just, it's the Julius Randle experience he's always going to be a player who averages more turnovers than he should and his assist to turnover rate has never been that good but he's getting rebounds well I mean the dude is a is almost averaging like a triple double this season he's been phenomenal so far and has been definitely a huge surprise for me and my last surprise is DeJounte Murray now he is someone who I expected to take a leap this season and I expected him to be very very good and be a big part of the Spurs young core and prove why he is that but he's been playing even better than I could have expected he is averaging 18 and a half points seven and a half rebounds and 7.3 assists which is just exactly what I want to see him do be a guy who is not a super aggressive score but is aggressive enough he doesn't even have to average 18 and a half if he averaged more like 16 and a half and then still kept up the assists, still kept up the rebounds, and then was still playing the phenomenal defense that he always has. I think that'd be perfectly fine out of him, but he's been aggressive as a scorer, but is still doing a good job of getting other guys involved. They got a lot of shooters on this roster, got a lot of guys who are pretty talented as scorers, guys like Keldon Johnson, and uh, guys like uh, Derek White, who hasn't even played yet, Lonnie Walker. There's a ton of guys he can facilitate too, and he's been killing that. And he's also been a big reason why they can play that four-guard lineup uh, where it's DeRozan, him, Keldon Johnson, and Lonnie Walker. That lineup sounds like it should get torn apart, especially when you have a guy like LaMarcus at center who isn't a good rebounder at, by any means. But DeJounte has been a big reason why they can do that because he's using his length to his advantage. He's playing awesome defense. He's been able to play defense against one through four, and that has been a pleasure to watch him be such a good defensive player and then take a leap on the offensive side of the ball as well. He's been awesome this season, and I really have enjoyed watching him, and he's been a big reason why I've watched the Spurs so far. Love what I've seen from DeJounte Murray. Now going on to my biggest disappointments of the season so far. First, it absolutely has to be the Washington Wizards. They've been by far the biggest disappointment in all of the NBA so far for me. Their defense has been an absolute atrocity it has been terrible it's an embarrassment how bad they are playing on the defensive side of the ball it's just been so so rough to watch them on defense and I knew this I knew they were going to be bad on defense but I thought their offense was going to be able to carry them to being a solid team and their offense actually has been pretty good but if you're the ninth offense only scoring 115 uh, points per game and you're the 26th defense giving up 122 points per game you're not gonna win games and I mean that's what happens they're 0 and 5 so far and a lot of that is because they're blowing games because of their defense they are letting teams like the Orlando Magic kill them uh, and come back in games that are in their hands they're letting terrible teams like the Chicago Bulls kill them they were getting eaten alive on the inside uh, in that most recent game against them. And though I love Thomas Bryant, Thomas Bryant is a player who I think is awesome. He is 
an incredible shooter at the center position is by far the most underrated stretch big in the league. He's and he's proven that he's been such a good shooter this year. He's a really good offensive talent. And he was awesome in that Bulls game, scored 28 points. But he is an atrocious defender. And with how bad he is, I don't know if he can be a starting center in the league with how bad he is on the defensive side of the ball. Like Wendell Carter was eating. Uh, guys who weren't even centers were just getting easy lanes to the basket. It was it was really rough to watch him try to defend uh, in that game because I was pl- paying pretty close attention to that game as I really wanted to see if they could bounce back, and they weren't able to. And then Russell Westbrook just has never been that good of a defender. He's not terrible, but he's not good by any means. Bradley Beal uh, definitely is focused way less on uh, defenses and is much more of an offensive player. And even he's been uh, struggling at times with certain part of, parts of his game, like his three-point shot especially. He's still getting to the mid-range area and stuff, getting to the basket well uh, and he's getting to the free throw line at a crazy rate 10.4 times per game but his three-point shot has really struggled to hit with him only shooting 21.4 percent uh he choked that last game where the ball just fumbled out of his hand he had a wide open lane to the basket and it looks like the wizards just can't catch a break but it is a lot of the reason due to their personnel and their coaching as well i think scott brooks is a terrible coach and should have been fired a long long time about a long, long time ago, but has continued to be uh, the coach of this roster, and he needs to be gone. Uh, and and they need to make some personnel adjustments. Like even though again their offensive talent is awesome, they have so many good players on that side of the ball. If your defense is going to be this bad, there's no chance you're going to win games. And when you're running lineups that include like Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, uh, Davis Bertans, and uh, Thomas Bryan, there's no way you're going to be a good defense at all, even if you're an awesome offense. So the Wizards have been a massive disappointment so far, probably the biggest one of the entire season yet. Now going on to my second biggest disappointment is the Toronto Raptors. Uh, they are 1-3 so far. They did get a win over the New York Knicks, and I have talked about them already, but I just want to touch on them again. I mean, Pascal Siakam has been a huge disappointment, has been the bubble Pascal Siakam, and I really hoped it wouldn't be that way. Uh, but it still is that way. They're not playing Malachi Flynn, which I think is a huge mistake for them. Their center rotation, which was one of my bigger worries, is you lost Serge Ibaka and Marcus Hall and then replaced them with Aaron Baines uh, and just guys who are not that good. A guy, a guy like Alex Len. If you have Alex Len as your backup and Aaron Baines as your starter, you are going to be in trouble, even if I like a guy like Aaron Baines because of the things he brings as with his physicality and his ability to shoot the ball. Those guys just aren't good enough to be your two centers. And then even if a guy like Chris Boucher takes a step, which it seems like he has, he's played pretty solid so far. Even him, I still don't trust to be the main center on this roster. And Raptors fans were telling me that wasn't going to be a big loss, that uh, Serge Ibaka was made by Kyle Lowry and Mark Saul was just this terrible player. But no, these guys are still good players, and we're very clearly seeing the impact of them uh, being uh, lost by this team. And their offense has been atrocious, They're, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, their f- fourth quarter offense has been a mess so far. They are 28th in points per game. And even though they've been awesome on the defensive side of the ball, they're fourth in defense. If your offense is that bad, you can't expect to win games. And they haven't been winning games so far, one and three, and are looking really, really disappointing at this point in the season. 
And next disappointment is Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Another thing that I've already hit on in this episode, but I want to hit on again. Uh, the Mavericks are 1-3. and three. Now, did I expect them to get off to like a super hot start this season? No, because they didn't have Chris Stapps, their second best player. But I just expected Luka Doncic to be much better than he's been. We all know about his three-point struggles, him shooting only 9.5%. He hasn't looked in great shape, and he just hasn't been performing at the MVP level that I and most people expected him to. So he's got to be better. And they're one of the teams that I definitely expect uh, to turn things around. But at this point in the season, they have been a disappointment. Now going on to my next disappointment is the Milwaukee Bucks. Another thing uh, and another team that I definitely expect to turn things around. Uh, but they've just had they've had some weird losses so far this season. But because they've also had massive wins, they blew out the Heat by almost 50 points. They blew out the Warriors by like 38. But they also lost to that same Heat team they beat by like 50. And that Heat team didn't have Jimmy Butler on it as he's dealing with an injury. And then they also got blown out by the Knicks. It's just been some weird things so far, uh, but honestly, it's, again, it's a team that I'm not worried about at all, and I'd rather have them be a team that's just a solid regular season team, is still like top three in the conference. I'd rather ha have them be that than them go super hard in the regular season again and be dominant, but Giannis just hasn't been too great so far. It's only averaging 22.4 points on only 47.6% from the field. Again, expect them to be better. They've just been a disappointment so far, but certain guys are hooping for them. Uh, they just need their MVP to play some better basketball, and I obviously expect the Bucks to turn it around. They're too good of a team not to. Uh, next disappointment is Donovan Mitchell. He's a guy who I expected to have a massive season so far. Uh, a massive season this year because he was awesome in the playoffs and I just expected this to be his next leap but he's been very disappointing so far I cannot sugarcoat it or lie at all he's only averaged 21 points per game and it has been on atrocious efficiency he is shooting 21.3 percent from the field and 29.7 percent from three it's just been a mess so far. He's missing all his shots. It's It's been rough to watch. Like Those mid-range shots that he's usually great at, he's usually so good at getting to his spots. He's been one of the better scorers in the league. He just hasn't been able to hit his shots at all. And this is one of the things where I... Again, I'm not worried, and most of these things I wouldn't be super worried about. The only teams that I'm like worried about are the Raptors, and even then, I think they'll be a playoff team. And then the Wizards, I'm actually really, really worried about the Wizards, but most of these guys I'm not super worried about. Donovan Mitchell, I expect him to bounce back, but it's definitely been a super slow start to the season for him, and he's been in a really big slump. It's just missing all his shots that he usually uh, makes. He's getting to all like the same spots and stuff. It's been a really weird start, but I expect better things out of him. And yeah, he's just been disappointing at this point in the season. Next disappointment is Andrew Wiggins slash Kelly Oubre. Those guys have just been bricking shots for the Warriors so far. Andrew Wiggins did have a good game uh, recently, but for the most part, he's been struggling for the Warriors. He has averaged 17.8 points, but the efficiency has been pretty poor. 36.8% uh, from the field. Ish actually shooting 42.9% from three, but that is due to him having a really good game recently. Uh, it's just kind of same old, same old Wiggins. And even though I expected that, I was hoping he'd at least be a little bit different and that him in this new culture with better spacing would help him. But it just really hasn't too much. I mean, he's averaging two assists per game and 1.8 turnovers. He just hasn't been uh, that good so far uh, in the season, especially if you don't include that one really good game. 
uh, he had recently against the Detroit Pistons where he shot five of eight from three uh, and scored uh, 27 points. Other than that, he just hasn't been that good and hasn't been that second guy that they really needed. And then the next disappointment is uh, the one that everybody knows. I mean, Kelly Oubre has been an atrocity so far for uh, them. I actually thought that pickup was really, really good because Kelly Oubre was pretty awesome for the Suns last year. Averaged 18.7 points, shot the three ball pretty well, uh, but he's just been terrible so far. He's averaging 7.8 points on 26% from the field and 4.8% from three, 57% from the line as well. Just nothing is going in for Kelly Oubre. He's made one three so far. He's been a mess, and he can't make anything outside of the paint. So it's been a big, big struggle for him so far. Uh, I really hope he does turn things around because this has looked really, really ugly. Next disappointment is Jamal Murray. Now, Jamal Murray is a player who's kind of always been uh, pretty inconsistent, but I expected him to finally be that consistent player uh, this season. Due to the playoff run that he had where he was consistently just absolutely incredible, uh, he just hasn't been that so far this season. He's shooting under 40% from the field, 36.4% from three. Did end up missing a game, but I just thought this was going to be the season where he was going to take a big leap. And this is someone, again, I'm not worried about, and I expected him uh, I expect him to be much better going into the future. He's only played three games as he did end up missing one uh, with an injury. So I expect him to be better, but he's just been a little bit disappointing. Only 17.7 points. Jokic has had to really carry them so far. And Jamal Murray just hasn't been there as the second guy, but I expect him to uh, do so because he's a really good player. I think it's more of a slow start for him. Next player that's been a disappointment for me is a little bit of a weird one, and it's Yusuf Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic just hasn't been nearly as aggressive as I'd want him to be, as I think he's one of the seven best centers in the league. I think Yusuf Nurkic is a really, really skilled and talented player, but if you look at his stats so far, he's only averaging 9.8 points per game, which is really, really weird, and it's not due to him like shooting the ball super inefficiently or anything. He's only taking 7.8 shots per game. Now, now, he hasn't played a crazy amount of minutes either, only playing 26 minutes a game, uh, and he seems like he's still recovering from that big leg injury, which makes complete sense. As I mean, a broken leg for a guy his size is really hard to recover from, but he was still pretty good. Uh, in the bubble last season, even if he was struggling on the defensive side of the ball, even if he was struggling with fouls, he was awesome on offense. Uh, but he just hasn't been that this season, hasn't been aggressive, hasn't been getting as many touches as I'd want. I'd want to see him playmaking more. He's only averaging 3.3 assists. It's just been a weird start to the season for him, and I think he needs to be better for this team to truly reach the crazy potential that they do have. And they've been a little bit of a disappointment as a whole. Is they're just 2-2. Two and two. They haven't been great. They haven't been terrible by any means, but I just want them to be better and I think if Yusuf gets more involved on offense uh, I think that would definitely help them quite a lot next disappointment for me is DeAndre Ayton now the Suns are winning games so this doesn't really uh, matter too much but I'd love to see DeAndre Ayton be more aggressive a lot of the times he just seems like he uh, has been very very passive so far isn't uh, attacking as much as I feel like he can he's just one of the most skilled offensive players in the entire league so it's been weird to see him just be like 
a 12 point per game score i feel like he just has so much more in him and we saw that last year i mean he averaged 18.2 points again this is something i don't expect uh to keep up by any means but i want to see him be more aggressive and i think with chris paul with him i think that pick and roll between those two could be deadly but he just hasn't been as involved as i'd want him to be he's only taken 8.8 shots per game needs to be more aggressive needs to uh, get to the free throw line more for sure as that's something he just doesn't really do which is so weird he just settles for these fadeaways a lot and he's good at them uh, don't get me wrong but i'd really like to see him use that crazy strength that he has to get to the free throw line more so i need to see aiden be better uh, and he's someone who again i expect to be better most of these guys i'm expecting uh, to be better again this is just early on in the season most of these teams have played like four or five games so take everything at this point in the season with a grain of salt uh, and that's what I'm doing, but I just wanted to point out my disappointments. And my last one is Darius Baisley. If you know me, I am a huge Darius Baisley guy. He's one of the guys who I talked so highly of uh, going into the season, probably higher than almost anyone did because I just thought he was going to be awesome this season. But he's been really, really struggling with his shot at this point in the season. Uh, which is something he, he actually looked pretty good at last season, especially in the bubble. He was an awesome shooter in the bubble, much better than uh, I expected. But he's shooting four threes a game, which I do like to see. But 18.8% is struggling uh, with the shooting as a whole, shooting 37.5% from the field. He's only scoring 9.3 points. Is someone who I expect to be better, but he's got to get his shots going, and I think that'll help him in more ways than one. It'll get him more confident and get him performing better, but he's been a disappointment so far. I'm expecting a good season from him still, and I think he's going to be a big part of the Thunder core going forward. He's just been a little bit of a disappointment at this point in the year. That has been the episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. Hope you enjoyed. It's been Michael. Peace out.